middle of the night conversations with myself. Why is it so boiling in here? Was that crack in the ceiling always there? I wonder what time it is. 3 a.m.? Don't look at the phone. Do not. That blue light stuff Dr. Bella Smith told you about. Ah, oh, I'll be exhausted again tomorrow morning. Crying, swearing, eating chocolate buttons by the handful. Think calming thoughts. Sheep, bunnies, kittens, sheep, bunnies, kittens. Oh, man. I may as well get up and have a pee. If you are in perimenopause or menopause and want to say enough to this sleepless night shiz, I have Dr. Bella Smith. Remember her from the previous episode? Dr. Bella, why the heck can't we sleep? Okay, before I can kind of go into perimenopause and menopause, we kind of have to rewind a bit and go through the difference between men and women. So women basically need to sleep slightly more than men, especially if we're active. And yet we suffer with insomnia more. And the difference with men and women is after puberty, women struggle to sleep more than men. And this is because of hormones. This is because in puberty, puberty is what makes us different from men. And we have this wonderful cycle that goes on in the background, our menstrual cycle, which we, we're trying to rebrand it because I think a lot of women think it's a really bad thing, but actually the menstrual cycle is actually an incredible, beautiful thing. And if we can understand it and harness it, there are times in our cycle when we are absolutely on fire and there are other times in our cycle when we need to recognize that we need to just kind of calm down and chill out a bit and know where we are. Um, so in our cycle, there will be different times in our cycle where we will sleep better. There'll be times where we're more hydrated, more dehydrated. There'll be times when we're in pain, where we can't sleep because of menstrual pain or ovulation pain. There'll be times when we're more hydrated or less hydrated, where we may, may need to get up at night to pass urine. There are times in our cycle where our temperature rises and we're hotter and we can't sleep because we're feeling hot at night. And these are actually, if you were to plot that in a on a diary, you would see that your cycle is doing this very beautiful pattern that you can follow. Now, if we start going to the perimenopause, the perimenopause is that cycle is no longer predictable. It is a roller coaster. And the reason for that is because you're not ovulating every month like we were before. It may be every two months, three months, four months, six months. It may be longer. And then what happens is you get your hormones go very low and then you do ovulate and you get this surge of hormones, your temperature rises and you get these hot flashes and night sweats. And then the whole thing happens again. And it can be, you could go then back to having regular ovulation or you may find you get another kind of episode where you have no no ovulation. You may still even have periods. Women can have regular periods and not be ovulating. So this is the, the confusing thing about the perimenopause where you think, well, I'm having periods, therefore I'm not. But if you're having the symptoms of hot flashes and night sweats, chances are you are perimenopausal. And so your temperature's rising, these hormones are changing, and that is fundamental to, to loss of sleep. And not only does our temperature rise, it can affect your, your anxiety less levels. We know that women get twice as much as anxiety and twice as much as depression as men. Women get ruminating thoughts that stop them sleeping at night, where they're thinking and worrying. And again, this all just adds up. And so the perimenopause is a, is a time in our lives where we are very vulnerable for sleep. And it's really, a, it's a difficult one because it's at a time where 
everyone knows we need to sleep. Everyone knows, you know, it's when we repair, when we restore, we, we produce growth hormone. It's when our all the training we're doing, that's when we start to repair all those tissues. We know that if we've got something, a, a big performance to do tomorrow, if we sleep well tonight, we'll perform better than we do if we don't. We know all that. But that pressure that we then put on ourselves makes it harder. So there's a massive physical element, but there's also this massive psychological element where you're thinking, I've got to sleep, otherwise I can't perform and I'm, I've got so much going on. And so it is just literally this perfect storm where it just becomes sort of out of control. Okay, so I hope that explains a little bit about the tossing and the turning and the being hot and the anxious thoughts going around your head like a tennis shoe in a tumble dryer at three o'clock in the morning. There's hormonal reasons why this is happening. And the knock-on effect of this lack of sleep is what really can take this to the next level of frustration. Back to Bella. The only thing is that when you lose sleep, often the wheels come off your lifestyle because you can't then use the, the coping mechanisms that you could previously use. So because you're so knackered, you can't do that half an hour of yoga in the morning or you can't do that cycle because you're so tired and then you can't you don't have the energy necessarily to cook your nice you know vegetable pasta whatever you're having for dinner so you just order a domino's or you know it's that knock-on effect where things spiral downwards because you cannot have the foundations of lifestyle that you know are good for you because you're knackered <laughs> so bella's about to explain the distinction between the lack of sleep in perimenopause. So now that should make a little bit more sense because we've been in this roller coaster of hormones. What actually happens once we get into menopause? Do we get any relief for our sleep then? Well, the, men the menopause is actually, I would say that the perimenopause is the stage that most women find the hardest because the menopause, it's a very, it's really odd kind of naming. The menopause is basically when you've been through it and your hormones are low. So the perimenopause is when you've got that roller coaster. The definition of the, the menopause or being postmenopausal is when you haven't had a period for over a year over the age of 50 or for two years over the age of 45 up till 50. And women can go on having symptoms, but they're often not so kind of chaotic in terms of this roller coaster where one time you feel good, next time you feel bad. But yeah, you can, it's just literally because then you're, hormones start to flatline. So your estrogen and your progesterone are low. And estrogen is, it's rich. It's in every single cell of our body. So it's in our brain, it's in our heart, it's in our bowel, it's in our vulva and our vagina. Like it, lack of estrogen can cause mental health issues, memory problems, brain fog. It can affect our heart health, our bowel health. It can change our, our dietary function. It can change how we digest food. And you can get things like vaginal dryness, recurrent urinary tract infections, itching, soreness. And that's a big thing, actually, that a lot of women really suffer with sort of vulval discomfort that keeps them awake at night and don't are too embarrassed, too shy, to, or, or don't even know, you know, to, that, that something can be done about it. And actually, that's very, very easy to manage with just some topical estrogen cream that can really help. So there's so many factors, but the reason after the menopause is because of this lack of estrogen. And also don't forget, progesterone is the kind of the calming hormone. It's the one that 
helps you nest it, it when you get progesterone it makes you feel sort of relaxed and and like you know um chilled out that kind of feeling that's what, what you have often in the second part of your cycle where you know if your first half of your cycle you're often quite kind of um uh confident and sociable the second half you're often sort of calmer and quieter sleepier and we, we're lacking both of those so we're no longer getting the the beautiful rich uh, cycle you get the flat line So if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you will know that I'm committed to making this as radically practical for you as possible. So I asked Dr. Bella, what can we do if we are chronically sleep deprived and it's very likely hormonal? She's going to tell us after this segment, but I wanted to pause here because if you haven't already listened to the previous episode, number 13, where she talks about burnout and women's mental health, there is a treasure trove of tools for you there too, including the boundaries that she's about to talk about here, albeit more briefly. So do go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. Also find Dr. Bella and two of her colleagues over on Instagram at thewellhq, where there's other resources on women's hormonal health, women and movement, tons of goodies there. So go and have a look there. So after this, we're going to deep dive into what can we do practically if we are struggling with sleep in perimenopause or the menopause. So Dr. Bella, tell us. I would seriously consider hormone replacement therapy. That would be my first line. If you are perimenopausal and you are really suffering with sleep and symptoms and you are the right age and you have the right, you know, none of the risk factors and it's and it's something that your doctor is, or nurse is prepared to prescribe, 100%, the nice guidance is, is HRT. And HRT, you know, hormone replacement therapy is basically estrogen. There's also progesterone as well, which is available. You need that if you have a uterus. If you've had a hysterectomy, then you don't. You can have estrogen on its own. Some women do take it because they find it calming. Um, but estrogen will either stabilize that roller coaster or replace what you've lost. And if you start it in the perimenopause, not post, in the perimenopause, you're just going to replace what you otherwise would have had. So it can actually really, really help with all these symptoms, especially sleep. I mean, the the thing with the perimenopause is women often don't realize some of the symptoms they've had until they go. And then they go, gosh, you know, I've been having knee pain and that's gone. And I've been having itching and now that's gone because of the HRT. So yeah, 100% first line, speak to your doctor, get at least consider it. You don't have to. No one has to have it. It's some women can't have it, but it's certainly something to consider. And if you don't have systemic HRT, then consider vaginal HRT because that in itself is, and you can have both together because often systemic isn't enough to get to be rich enough with the vagina as well. So that would be my first one. Yeah. And that's the biggie. That is the biggie. Um, after that, I mean, there's there's obviously the lifestyle side of things. As I said, you know, it is it is the a big one is alcohol. We don't realize how sensitive women become to alcohol. Doesn't mean it's forever, but certainly in the perimenopausal stage, it can really upset your hormones. Exercise, movement is key. Make sure you make that a priority. Diet, make sure that you're having sort of a, a really rich, healthy diet with lots of variety, lots of minerals and vitamins and so that you're getting kind of all the, the different um, nutrients that you need. Stress levels is a biggie as well. You know, try if you can to work out ways to de-stress, whether it be through meditation, whether it's just literally giving a job to somebody else, just saying no, having boundaries. Um, And 
you know, once you've got your, your your diet and your lifestyle and that kind of thing sorted, you can also look at things like supplements. So magnesium is a fantastic supplement for women, vitamin D, um, omega. You know, there's there's so many sort of little things that you can try. So these are some general great strategies for managing sleep longer term. I also wanted Bella to give us some ideas of what we can do when we're in that place of utter desperation, when you're in the howl, when you haven't slept for days, weeks, months, or longer, and you're just at that breaking point where you can't take it anymore. What can we do then? I asked her to get really, really practical, and her answer may surprise you. If you are at a point where you're at crisis point, where you are tearful and you you absolutely can't sleep, and if also don't forget sleep is a habit, so it's almost a bit can become a bit like jet lag, where you are literally out of a habit and you can't get back into it. You can use something in the short term to help you sleep. So, you know, I'm not I'm not a fan of of sleeping tablets, but they do have a place. Or even something like. Um, antihistamines you can buy sedative antihistamines you can buy things over the counter like night nurse and um calms there's there's other things you can try that have a slight sedative effect that will give you that relief for i don't know a week and you can then get a few nights sleep get into that rhythm because it is a rhythm um and you can um yeah, it's not a long-term solution, but it is something that you consider. The other thing is melatonin. Some women find that they start to lack, they lose their melatonin as they get older. And in some cases that can really help women. So that there are lots of options. I guess the important thing is certainly with sleeping tablets, it's to emphasize it's not a long-term solution because often they cause more problems than good because they are so addictive and they're not kind of sorting the situation out. And it and the other the other thing for for lacking in sleep, I know we're we're specifically talking here about sort of hormone health and that, but for any cause of lack of sleep, it's it's always important when someone comes to see me with problems sleeping is to find out if there is a cause. There isn't always a cause. Sometimes it's just primary insomnia. But it you know, it could be mental health, it could be a cough, it could be pain, it could be, you know, there's there's it, there's so frequency of urine getting up at urine four or five times a night starts to become abnormal you know that that's not normal so, so we need to investigate that so there's always it's, it's always worth looking at underlying things what else could be going on but for for emergency relief reaching crisis point I need time out then yeah you could use something just to give you a few nights sleep and if you're still not getting the relief that you need please go to your GP and ask for a referral to a sleep specialist. Dr. Bella is going to tell us a little bit more about how you can do that in just a minute. I especially like her tip on writing things down before you get into bed. If you're, if you're somebody who ruminates, if your brain spins at three o'clock in the morning on things that you forgot to do. So decanting things from your head onto a list where they will wait patiently for you until morning. I was just reading about this in the New York Times yesterday. It's a process called detachment gain. We have limited neural resources. So if we can offload some of that cognitive load onto a list, 
This is what psychologist Daniel Reisberg calls detachment gain, getting them out of our head and waiting for us on a whiteboard or on a list where we can give ourselves that relief that we need overnight. Okay, that's just me geeking out for a minute. Let's get back to Bella. There's a whole area of, of sleep specialists that you can tap into. There's there's something called ICBT, Insomnia CBT, which is fantastic. There are some really, really specialized um, people that you can be referred to or go and see who have, you know, who, who are trained and can kind of really get to the nitty gritty of what's going on. So, so you, you know, because not everyone wants tablets or medication. Some people actually just want some form of, uh, when I say CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. So looking at how you're thinking, how you're behaving, and how those are creating patterns in your behavior and whether that any, any of that can be kind of dismantled and help to rebuild in a more positive way. Also, there's tricks you can try, you know, like putting a list, everything on, in your mind uh, on a list, putting that into a box by your bed and don't open it till the morning, you know, literally sort of debunking everything out of your head so that you can have a good night's sleep. But these are sort of little tricks that, uh, that all can go hand in hand with the other stuff of the lifestyle. But certainly if you are someone who is suffering chronically with lack of sleep, ruminating thoughts, then ask for a referral. There, I mean, there's, I think there's something called sleep station that's on the NHS where they really go into sort of the depths of, of how you're sleeping and, and, and how to help you. If you want more of Dr. Bella, Find her and her brilliant colleagues over at The Well HQ on Instagram, where you can also find their website. This episode brings to a conclusion the beautiful entry into Enough the Podcast. Season one is now drawing to a close. I hope you've enjoyed all the experiments and the goodness that we've been doing in this season. Next week, we are kicking off with season two. So join us right here, same time, same place to find out what that is going to be all about. And before we close this season, I have one request of you. Today's episode was a bit of an experiment, right? Like I've given myself this season to find my feet in this episode and see what's landing for you. So today's episode, one of these really quick, punchy, shorter episodes, I'm hoping that this gives you some goodness, but in a shorter time period. So I would love some feedback over on hello at mandyletto.com on how this shorter punchy episode landed with you. Are you a diehard of the longer episodes where we really get deep and juicy? Or would you like some of these shorter, punchier episodes mixed in just for some variety? Because I know it's hard to keep up with listening to all the good podcasts every week. So I'm trying to make this really accessible for you. I would love to hear your feedback on this or anything else from season one of Enough the Podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here and look forward to having more fun and more learning with you in season two. See you next week. This is Mandy Leto signing out for Enough, the podcast. <laughs>